Hey everyone, my name is Mike Vaughn and welcome to GVN Interviews. And I have to say, I am feeling very lucky because we got Lucky McKee here talking about uh, the Blu-ray release of his latest film, Old Man. First of all, uh, again, thank you so much uh, for uh, talking to me today. Right on, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. So uh, again, uh, I won't fanboy out too much, but I, I am a huge fan. Um, oh, please, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> um, and gosh, I had to say that that what a great film. Um, I've always been a, a, a big fan, but like it, this is just kind of like reconfirmed why I, I find your movie so interesting and exciting because uh, you never really know what to expect. And I, I, I love how Old Man kind of always keeps you slightly just off kilter like the entire time. Oh, thanks, man. That's really nice to hear. It was yeah. it was a really, really fun, fun one to make. You know, we, we shot this one right at the kind of right in the center of the pandemic. It was uh, January, February of 2021. Um, and it was right before the vaccine came out. And it was it was intense, man. Uh, just to leave your house, you know, and get on an airplane, you know, at that time was still really scary. I mean, it's all it's all still really scary to me. I don't consider it completely over. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, all the safety protocols and us having to work in a bubble and all that, you know. Thankfully, this was the kind of movie that was kind of perfect for that scenario. Um, and I think that. Ultimately, we got better deals on things and nobody was making anything at the time, you know, so we got to shoot the movie on this awesome soundstage in upstate New York. Um, and, you know, people were just fired up to be able to, like, make something with other people because so many of us had been cooped up and then then we're making a movie about <laughs> two, <laughs> two guys that are in a cabin the entire time, you know, which is kind of funny, but... It was kind of reflecting, I think, kind of a lot of our mental states at that time. You know, I think that that invariably found its way into the film. You know, hmm. yeah, that's really interesting because I was one of my my questions was was this just uh, like a product of um, like the height of COVID or uh, was just kind of coincidence? I guess you know, it it was a coincidence. It was a script that Mark Center, a friend of Mark Center's, had written as a play, and he had just recently turned it. He you know at that time. Had, had just turned it into a screenplay and I was kind of floating around the project for about maybe a year and a half, maybe even two years. And then uh, the pandemic hit and nobody could do anything. Nobody could make anything. And it was a really scary time. And we, we kind of, we started looking at old man again and we're going, maybe now's the perfect time to make that movie because it doesn't require a huge crew. It's not logistically complicated. It's, it's hunkered down in one location and it just, I wonder if the movie would have gotten made if it hadn't been for the pandemic, actually. Um, so there was a lot of contributing factors to that. It was just, it was the perfect movie to make, you know, at that budget level and, and at that time, you know, so yeah. I'm really glad. And I'm really glad we did. I almost, I almost, I almost uh, moved on from it several times. And then, you know, when it became apparent that it was like, it was something that was ready to go. That was the perfect thing to make. Uh, we jumped in. And then I just had a blast, man. It's like one of the cleanest creative experiences I've ever had. It was the writer was a joy to work with, get, you know, developing the script and getting it into a more cinematic space and away from the theatrical space a little bit. And then, you know, getting to do a feature, direct mark in a feature 
And then, you know, and then Stephen Lang walks through the door and he was just an absolute joy to work with. You know, he plays, a, he plays hard asses in a lot of the stuff he's in. Right. But, yeah. uh, couldn't be further from that as a, as a, as a real guy, you right. know, uh, awesome. he, he still um, really, really loves what he does, you know? Yeah. That's, that's great. Like, so I, I, it's, it's funny because when I was like taking notes for my initial review, I was really thinking, man, this, this is so cool because it really harkens back to those like single location or like limited location movies. Like I, I automatically think of yeah. like Hitchcock's rope. I think of like 12 angry men, mm -hmm. like stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I wonder, cause you do it beautifully, but like, is there uh, an extra layer of challenge to kind of make uh, or kind of have that limited sort of um, space to like create tension? Yeah, I mean, you know, th thankfully we were able to build the cabin. We were able to build that on a soundstage as opposed to like going to a location, shooting it on location. So we actually got to design the cabin from the ground up. We got to kind of base the look of it on a, on a, a uh, the work of a painter I really like a lot, um, Andrew Wyeth. Um, and uh, we got to pack it with as much meaning as possible because we got because again we get to build it from scratch, right? So it's like you know my production designer and I once we got the wall, the skin on the walls, so to speak, and stuff, and got the windows in and everything, we would just go in there and sit and just like look at a wall and say what what can we do here to you know give this thing meaning or texture or you know, um, and we did that with every every inch of that place and just packed it with as much texture and detail and, and, and meaning as, as we could, you know, because we knew that we we're going to be in this space for 90 minutes, <laughs> you know, uh, and, 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 you know, over the course of making it, you know, this was the first movie I've ever made where I didn't go in with any kind of shot list or storyboards or anything. My DP and I were, were about to sit down to start that process uh, when I got there for prep and we quickly realized that this isn't the kind of movie that you can storyboard. Uh, I mean, you could, but uh, we had two great actors that had a lot of, a lot of theater experience and they really knew how to like work a set and stuff. So we kind of took, we rolled the dice and we just decided, okay, we're going to have really long rehearsals in the mornings and we're going to let the actors move around the space and always keep in mind that we want to, constantly be moving around and using as much of the space as possible. I mean, the production designer was stoked because we got to see every inch of what she built, <laughs> you know? Um, uh, so we would do that. We'd get in there and we'd rehearse every day. We'd shoot anywhere between eight to 12 pages of just these long dialogue scenes with these guys. And they were able to do long un un uninterrupted takes like that. So we'd get it on its feet and they'd move around and I'd come in with some ideas and then they'd contribute some ideas and we'd figure it out together. And then my DP and I would just be constantly pushing ourselves to kind of change it up visually and make sure that we were keeping it fresh and interesting. So it was a really, really, it, it took me out of my comfort zone in a really cool way. And I, I picked up a lot of cool tools that have helped me on the stuff that made sense, you know, nice. without being, without having such a rigid plan when I went in, it gave us that room for discovery and, uh, made it a lot more collaborative and, and therefore fun, you know. Uh, you can definitely tell, like, I think I even noted in my review that, uh, you know, I'm sure that, that um, like, I know um, you said Mark had a lot of um, theater training. I know at least, I mean, I know Stephen for sure had, um, like, like, has been on Broadway. Um, 
So I'm sure. Oh, big time. Yeah. His whole life, you know, I mean, I was on Broadway with like, you know, a bunch of Titans, you know, over the years. Um, and, uh, you know, got to work with, you know, death of a salesman and all that, you know, he just, he's done tons of great theater over the years. So it just, you know, those are the kind of actors you needed for that kind of thing, you know, doing the long takes, doing like something like, you know, rehearsing, um, to that end, um, you know, was there any like room to sort of maybe like play with the dialogue or was everything just sort of like, you know, stuck to uh script? Sure. I mean, we, you know, we, we worked, you know, Joel and I worked really hard on the script about a month before we started prep on the movie. And, and uh, again, you know, tried to bring it into a more cinematic space. I mean, like the third act of the thing, for instance, was very, very heavily dialogue based. And I, I told Joel, you know, I don't, I don't want the characters just to tell the audience everything that's transpiring or that, that has been transpiring. Um, I'd like to show it, you know, uh, the kind of classic rule. So redesigned, uh, really, really redesigned the third act and brought it into a more kind of like visual cinematic space. That's how the, where the, the heavy flashback elements and those dreamy sort of elements that come out, the, come out, you know, at the end uh, kind of came from. And then when we were, you know, when we were rehearsing in the mornings, absolutely. I mean, like we, you know, we, we were following the script very closely, but you, you know, I try not to close myself off to a better idea, you know? So it's like if, if slang had a cooler way to say a certain thing, or if he wanted to kind of pepper in some, some detail or texture or just humor, you know, he, he brought, he brought humor in with, with a lot of lines here and there. And, uh, it was, you know, but the writer was there during the process. So it was all, you know, everybody was cool with it. You know, um, I think you can, you can close yourself off to good ideas if you're, if you're just following this rigid plan too closely, you know, so we kept ourselves really open and yeah, there was definitely some improvisational moments and stuff, but we would, we would figure out what those were before we started rolling the camera. Nice. It wasn't um, like we just, it wasn't like we just started rolling the camera and just, you know, say whatever you want. Cause that can get, that can get completely out of control. I mean, even, even somebody like John Cassavetes, who everybody thinks his movies are, are largely improv and stuff like that, that, that improv process takes place when the camera's off, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's a figuring out process when they're actually there on the day or, or even in a long rehearsal period or something like that. You may, you try to make as many of those discoveries as possible when, when, you don't have 30, 40, 50, 60 people on the clock <laughs> because you got to make your days. You know, we, we only had 15 days to shoot this movie. Wow. You know? Um, so that, that's a lot, that's a lot of material to get through in 15 days. Gosh, the, the acting in this is just superb. Like, like Mark and Steven just play off each other so incredibly well. Like, I feel like it's so it's funny because I feel like the two of them have been working together for years and years and yeah, just to see that kind of chemistry, um, you know, I feel like the movie really does kind of hinge on that relationship. It's everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a, a big, a big thing, you know, obviously slang has like the lion's share of the dialogue. He has, a, you know, he's just got so many words to get out. He called it word salad. You know, he's got so much, <laughs> so much word salad to work his way through. But Mark was, Mark was really interesting in getting him ready for his part because the, one of the primary functions of his uh, his performance is reaction, is reacting to this crazy old man and all the things he's doing and and how to like bring as much as possible to that, you know? Uh, so 
I had him look at, at uh, a lot of films. Rope was was a good example. Um, I had him look at a lot of Jimmy Stewart's performances because Jimmy Stewart was a really great reactor. Like you could, the way he'd stay engaged in a scene, it wasn't just. It's not like everything just turns on when you have your lines to say. It's like it's the stuff that's happening when you're, you're not saying your lines that can be just as important. And we tried to, you know, if you go back through the film, especially knowing how it all kind of turns out or whatever, you start to see little hints just in just in the way Mark is reacting to things and, and, and the type of behavior he's exhibiting, um, you start to realize that, um, you know, the realizations at the, at the end of the movie are, are very well supported by what he's doing throughout the film, you know? And uh, what I thought was really awesome is, um, of course, the um, opening credits uh, has the artwork from your uh, wonderful wife, Vanessa. Uh, yeah. And uh, really incredible. Actually, what was really cool is I thought, uh, I, I think I heard that uh, she has artwork in the new Knives Out film. In Glass Onion, yeah. She did all the, uh, she did a watercolor portraits of every cast member. And that's that's the end credit, the end credits of the movie when they have the picture of Daniel Craig with his little yellow uh, scarf on and stuff. She, those are her paintings. Ryan, Ryan hired her, hired her to do those, which was just like such a thrill for her. And an old man, she she also she not only did the opening uh, the opening credits in Old Man that that landscape, um, but if you look closely when it's when it's all the way in the wide shot at the beginning, you you realize that the mountains in the background are actually the shape of the old man sleeping in profile. Um, and there's a lot of little clue a lot of little clues and things that are kind of built in there built in there. So when people get their Blu-ray, they can kind of step through <laughs> it. And they can study that picture and see that there's all these little clues in there. Um, but she also did the 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 storybooks when the old man's telling the story about the purple lake that storybook that he presents to uh to mark's character uh, all those illustrations are by vanessa and there there's even some illustrations from my son kind of worked into the set too uh who was 3 years old at the time um he's 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 a really really good artist himself and uh you can see kind of one of, one of his drawings is just graffitied on a wall, and then another one is actually a print of, of one of his red marker drawings. Um, they're kind of planted in there, so you got you got to have the family, the family <laughs> represented. That's it awesome. helps when they're when they're brilliant artists. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of little clues and Easter eggs, and you know, like the pillowcase that the that the old man has on his bed is is has been in all of my stuff since uh, Sick Girl, my Masters of Horror episode. Mm. It's the same pillowcase they made for Angela's character in that. I, I, it's kind of popped up in all my movies. <laughs> so nice. Um, all these little things. Speaking of um, Masters of Horror, I feel like you, Argento, and uh, Carpenter have my favorite. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> That's yeah. nice company to be in, man. Those guys, are, <laughs> those guys are big, big idols of mine. It was a trip to even get to work on that show, you know? Yeah, what was, your, especially. what was your favorite episode of that of that series? In the first season, honestly, I, I, I really loved the Argento one. I loved Jennifer a lot. Um, but I think my favorite in terms of just like, just like, I don't know, like the, the style and the feeling of it was the, was the first one that Toby Hooper did, Dance of the Dead. Um, there's something just, uh, there was something so like youthful and exuberant about, about, about that, you know, and here's, here's a guy that was, I think probably in his late sixties at the time um, making this thing. And it was just, I don't know. I love the energy of that. There's these really cool car rigs 
that he used in that where they they put a car on a uh, it's on soundstage but they put the car on a balloon it's mm-hmm. a, the car's like sitting on a balloon so the car has like this floaty sort of movement and they had this rear projection behind them and he he built these mobiles these mobiles that were uh, for like objects passing by that this mobile would just swing in front of the camera lens oh wow and it would create this feeling of trees going by <laughs> or, or it's just really neat it was like total movie magic type of stuff so that one that one i learned a lot from that one so i really liked it a lot um but uh yeah that was that was i wish that show was still on it was so fun to work on oh right yeah that's such a shame i always i always thought that that series definitely had like way more potential i mean especially when you have sort of like a new crop of of masters kind of coming up and yeah you know but but i think i think that stuff like you know guillermo del toro's new show cabinet of curiosities is kind of kind of filling that void you know um uh i i thought that show was magnificent i really really enjoyed that a lot you know i I really love short form horror like that you know because because a lot of the great horror movies in the 30s uh were kind of a similar length a lot of them were under an hour long you know because the because they ran so many double and triple bills back in those days that those would be like the you know the smaller movie on like a big bill like they'd have like the big expensive movie and then they'd have like the genre movies kind of underneath the bill and, and cartoons and newsreels and all that kind of stuff. You used to go to a show and get like a real show for you'd be there for like four hours. You know? um, so that, that horror works really well in that like one hour or less sort of sort of space, I think, you know, it, I've been so slammed, but I've watched the first half of it. And I think so far <clears throat> cemetery rats one is like far and away my favorite. Um, oh man. How, how many of them have you watched? I've watched the first uh, four, so I still need to like. Oh, okay. Oh man, you have so many, so many delights. The, <laughs> the last couple are just ass kickers, man. The, nice. the, the Panos Panos Cosmatos one and the Jennifer Kent one are just they're two of my favorite films of the year. You know, just just those little just those little one hour movies. You know. Um, yeah, I mean that would be be kind of amazing if you could uh, if they do. I'm sure they're probably going to do another season. If you could do one, that would be. <laughs> I, I, yeah man i wish <laughs> from your lips hopefully hey, yeah. hey listen yeah, we're gonna we're fun, putting man. it out we're, we're putting it out there right <laughs> yeah 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 no that's a good idea um, that's a good idea but uh I'm just, yeah. I'm just starting to get into te- television work it's a lot of fun oh um interesting like uh i i know i talked to a lot of filmmakers that kind of sort of cut their teeth in, in TV, but then sort of pivot to film, sort of the, the opposite. And so I know like some filmmakers like kind of like that sort of fast paced of um, a TV shoot. Um, and then like some, I th- feel like kind of find that hindering. Um, I was going to say, I feel like you probably like that um, maybe more fast paced aspect of it. Sure. I'd, I'd always love to have more time, but I very rarely, I almost never get it. You know, I mean, even, you know, that's like, you know, I did a TV episode of a show over the summer um, and they were like, we have to shoot all this. We have to shoot all this whole hour in 10 days. And I'm like, okay. And, and they're like, but it's impossible. You know, like everybody keeps going overtime and it's, it's really hard to do and this and that. And I'm like, we'll be fine. And we, you know, it's like, I'm just making indie films, you know, it's like, you're just used to having to work at that pace, but on a big television show, you have a lot more support, <laughs> you know? So uh, we were able to move really good. We wrapped early most days, actually. And we got it, we got it all in the can, you know, and everybody was like, what's happening. I was like, this is, <laughs> this is luxurious. 
as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I make these tiny little, tiny, tiny little indie movies all the time, you know, um, TV is a lot of fun. It's much more of a team sport than, oh, nice. than like, you know, me making a feature, but but if you're working with the right people, it's really fun, really fun collaboration. Now, do you find that like uh, maybe more limited budget actually kind of um, forces uh, everyone to get a little bit more creative? I've heard that a lot where you don't have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a little bit of bullshit in that. I mean, I you know, I mean, you you have to be, you know, you have to you do have to be very inventive and you have to figure out how to make things play I and mean, you you know with, but with the low budget stuff a lot of time you feel like it almost feels like you're trying to trick everybody into thinking what you're doing is bigger than it is you know um but uh sure i mean you know but you know on a low budget movie say you fall behind schedule and you know you're a half a day behind you have to figure out how to make that day up sometimes you have to alter the material on the fly and rewrite the script on the day and, and say, okay, well, we can't have this toy that we wanted today. So, you know, and you always, you know, when you find yourselves in those situations, which you always do, no matter how much you prepare, you try to use it to your creative advantage. If you can, if, if you, if an opportunity comes up or you can't film something the way you hoped you would be able to film it, you start to think, okay, if I take a different approach of this, how can I, you know, not only pull it off, but also uh, maybe answer a question that, that keeps coming up that I haven't answered yet, or, or just, just try to use it as a way to like turn, make the movie better, not, not worse, <laughs> you know? Um, and I, you know, some, you know, like the woman, for instance, there was some really great discoveries that came as a result of falling behind and being under the gun and, you know, um, that actually made the movie better, you know? Um, and then sometimes you just have to figure out how to just stop the hemorrhaging and <laughs> make it work, you know, just keep everything from not catching on fire. <laughs> yeah. And I, but I, but I mean, even with bigger, but you know, like this, this, this TV show I worked on this summer is a huge budget and, uh, it was great, but you still, you know, you still have to think on your feet and you still fall behind and you're always working within your means, you know, or trying to exceed your means at least a little bit, you know? My cat yeah. came in to join the party. <laughs> this is this is Margaret. This is Aww. Margaret. <laughs> oh, she does not look She's, happy. I'm, I'm I'm her least favorite person in the house. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she. We have a five year old, and that is her person, man. She just, <laughs> she just adores him. So. I'm I'm kind of curious. Um, to sort of wrap up, let's say uh, budget was not an issue. What would be like, you got a blank check. Like what would be your dream project? Like what would be like something you've always wanted to, to make? I wrote it. I, I, I wrote it during the pandemic. It was something I had kind of been holding in my drawer. It was always intended to be my, my second film after I, you know, if I ever got the chance to make May. And when I made May, uh, I decided to put that second one in a drawer because I was really kind of traumatized by working in the business for the first time and this type of stuff I had to deal with. And I realized I didn't have enough cloud or power um, or I wasn't working with somebody that could protect me that had enough clout and power uh, to, to, to kind of give me, give me the safety I needed to make it because it's, it's, it's very personal like May is. Um, but I have a friend that's, that's, that has kind of gained a lot of notoriety and, and, and weight in the business. And he asked me to dig it out a couple, about a year and a half ago. And I did and, and uh, reapproached it. Uh, and, and I'm really close to having it in the shape I want to have, and he's going to help me get it made. So, 
So I'm actually in that scenario. Oh, and, nice. you know, it's not 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 a big, you know, it's not like a big epic movie. It's not a horror movie or anything like that. It's very much a, a movie about where I grew up. It's more like it's more like something like Sling Blade or Mud or One False Move, like one of those kind of movies. It's very much about the way I grew up. Um, but uh, it looks like it looks like I'm gonna, you know, it looks like that might might actually happen, which I'm really really excited about because. If I if I'm able to make that, then you know, uh, every anything else I get to do after that'll just feel like a bonus. You know, uh, it's it really is the most important thing to me. So I'm hoping that starts to come together within the next year or two. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, is is there any like uh, projects that uh, that are in the works that you can talk about? Or I know you said you shot a. a a TV show. I don't know if that was like maybe. I did. I, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard anybody announce who the directors are for the show yet, so I'm kind okay. of keeping my lip zipped on that. But, but by uh, by the end of January, early February, you'll know. So it'll be it'll be on the air sometime in sometime in February. Um, That's awesome. I'm really excited about it. It really took me out of out of my usual comfort zones, but it's. It's a really interesting show, and the episode I got to do um, has a really cool blend of uh, comedy, drama, and and action. Actually, mm. um, so it was it was a big challenge for me, and man, it was fun. It was really really fun. Uh, I can't wait for people to see it, and I got to work with some incredible incredible cast. So, um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's the next thing that's coming out, and then um, like I said, that personal project. I'm working on, and then uh, then I have another thing. I'm kind of in a, in a holding pattern on, on uh, those other two things I was talking about. So I'm I'm working on another like big kind of sprawling opus thing that I don't know if it's going to end up being a TV show or, or or a series of movies or what. But it's a big it's a big thing that's, nice. that might take up might take up the next five years of my life, <laughs> maybe even ten years. I don't know. It's it's a big thing, but it's it's a, just I've, you know, I go through this thing where it's like, I'm trying to figure out the next thing that I want to try to do. Um, and, uh, the last several months I've, I've had a couple things I was working on and trying to make work older things that had, had been created a while ago. And I just realized I was getting up in the morning and I was feeling like those, the things I w- was working on were like a burden and that there was this other thing that I really wanted to work on, which happens a lot, you know? Um, it's because the older you get, the more precious you get about uh, what you're going to spend your time on, you know? So I kind of just within the last week had to, had to let some people down <laughs> on something I was working on that I just wasn't feeling, you know? Um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm back to work on this bigger thing that I've been wanting to do for a while. And I just, I just, I'm so fired up to get up and work on it every day, <laughs> you know? So, so we'll see how it goes. But. Yeah, that's really exciting. And um, for everybody watching, um, Old Man is out on Blu-ray right now. Get it uh, immediately. Yeah. It's fantastic. Uh, it's like you said, it's one of those movies uh, that every time you watch it, you notice a little bit more like details and foreshadowing. Hopefully, and- yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's a must watch and especially on repeat. So uh, thank you so much. Um yeah, and the, the Blu-ray doesn't have a commentary track on it because somehow that never came up. But a lot of people have been asking for one. So what I think we're going to do um, is I have I have a lot of friends that have podcasts and stuff like that. So I think that 
at some point or another, we're going to do a podcast. We're going to get different people that worked on the movie together and do like an hour and a half long podcast that people can just queue up with their Blu-ray. They can like put on their earbuds or whatever they want to do. So there will be a podcast and it'll be free. <laughs> so anybody that bought it on digital or Blu-ray or whatever, will be able to listen to it. So that's, that's coming down the pipeline when, when we can get around to it. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, just as an aside, if there's anything like upcoming you want to promote, like next year, your, your new project, I was going to say uh, shameless plug, but I have a podcast on GBN and oh. yeah, oh, cool. it's kind of fun. I'll, I'll send you an example, but like uh, I get, you know, some um, filmmaker or some kind of creative person. And we, we talk about a movie uh, or a movie series that they're interested in. We're both interested in like, like fun, bad movies, but then we also, it's kind of like uh like a casual interview as well, sort of folded in. So it's cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, when am I going to, when am I going to be invited? Uh, as soon as you can. I, I would love that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've just, I've just been getting into the doing podcasts on a more regular basis. I took a break for a while, but it's pretty fun, man. I, I did one with Scott Weinberg a couple weeks ago and my friend Randy Ostro that was just insane. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun so yeah i'm kind of yeah. hooked on it now so it, hit me up hit me up at some point thank you so much for making time uh today uh again the movie's fantastic and uh all right yeah man it was good talking to you yeah. thanks for okay. thinking of me bye see you later